Yo, what's up, guys? Really, really big announcement. February 7th at 8 p.m., I am doing a free investing class. Free investing class, one hour. Me and my boy, Jeremy from Personal Finance Club, going to teach you every, every, everything that you need to know about investing. I mean, pretty much I've already talked about it on all the shows, but it'll be a visual learning scene. We'll record it so you can use it afterward. It'll be a really, 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 really fun time. And I think you guys will get a lot out of it. And I would love uh, to see a ton of you guys show up uh, and show some support and learn some stuff. And it's going to be a great event. You can ask any questions in real time. I mean, I'm just so excited for it. So I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. I'm also going to release another episode kind of talking about it so hopefully i catch all you guys and all you guys can come out i really really love to see it. i'm so excited um and so yeah check out the link or the show notes uh to click the link click the link sign up february 7th 8 p.m eastern standard time i really hope i see y'all there Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 135. It sounds like I'm whispering. It's because I am. I got to keep quiet. <laughs> I'm trying to get this episode out. I'm doing this for y'all, but um, it's a little late. Got some tenants that are sleeping, so I'm a whisper intro this shit to you guys. But got a really, really dope episode coming up. Me and Ivan talk about some current events. I'm really digging these episodes. I hope you guys are too. Let's dive on into it. Hot off the press, man, Joe Rogan released his apology for COVID misinformation. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a hell of a headline. And why are we talking about it? Well, it had a huge implication on Spotify. Spotify is actually up 13%, which is a massive, let's just like, what is that? Hundreds of millions of dollars um, or something like that uh, because of this news. And it's essentially what happened was- Give us the whole rundown. Like, why, yes. why did he apologize? What do you apologize for? S- yeah, Joe Rogan apologizing—that's huge, dude. So I I couldn't believe the headline. I was like, that's some like I I was just like I don't really believe that. But essentially, what happened was so he, I think it first started. So he's always gotten heat about the people he brings on. Why are you bringing them up? Why are you giving these motherfuckers platforms? All this kind of jazz. And over the years, like I've started to re- like. You know, Joe Rogan was one of those ones that was very neutral, very like just listens to a diversity of thought, like very, you know, back in the day, everybody like really kind of, you know, you know, like liked him because he was just a likable, neutral, like, you know, UFC guy, whatever you got. Oh, that's a guy from Fear Factor, whatever. He's got a podcast now. At least that's what older folks say. But 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 he kind of got morphed, at least by the media, into this like very right wing, like, you know, polarizing figure. And and he's really brought on some you know strange characters on his show, and recently he's brought on a couple. I think there's two scientists in particular that have gotten a lot of heat about like anti-vaccine sort of things, and and they're you know well-established professors, but they they kind of oppose the sort of mainstream sort of line of thought or, or, or school of thought or whatever it is on on um, COVID. Basically, Neil Young, who's like a legend is pulling his music off mm-hmm. of Spotify because of it, which is like kind of a big deal. And now a lot of other creator or uh, other musicians are starting to do the same thing. So he came out with a video, super sincere to his credit, just basically saying, and he apologized. He did say, yeah. he was sorry. did you watch the video? I watched the whole video. Okay. And I haven't watched the video yet, but have you seen YouTuber apologies of like shit they've done in the past? Like, dude, this was like apologies. a really good one. Rate, rate this out of 10, put this on a B- tier list, a tier S tier, 
tier. What tier is this apology video? I'll go on a limb. I gotta I'll know. go on a limb. That's one of the best. That's the one of the best apologies I've ever seen. Straight wow. from the heart. Like no corporate shit. Like it. It like it just was really like. He hey, didn't man, shift like, the blame on someone else. He took dude, responsibility. Dude, no. He he opened up and he basically said, "Who are okay. these people? Why do I bring them on? Why do I do what I do?" And like I apologize because listen, honestly, I should bring a more diverse line of people, people who are vehemently on one side versus the other. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's responsible. And he didn't act like he did say, yeah, I'm just a guy. I didn't think it would get like this, but he didn't act like he doesn't know his fucking platform. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he was very, like, he was very aware of like who he is and like the platform that he has. And it was like pretty, like, I mean, fuck. It sounds like, it sounds like it was a, genuine i I gotta watch for myself it sounds like it was a genuine apology while maintaining a neutral stance which probably is the best best thing for him yeah he didn't he didn't just bend over because he's not gonna do that but like he definitely i don't know he said everything he needed to say and then without like i don't know making himself like look soft like he looked strong when he was saying it and, and it was like really interesting i just did not know i mean i guess he's like the crux of spotify at this point but like Man, like, then some. I think it was really, really interesting. And, and, uh, so you guys should go check out the story. I literally came out right before That's we recorded crazy. this. That's crazy. Speaking about Spotify, man, like you've, you've been seeing all these like no shows for big Spotify brand deals that have been in the news. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, man, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it looks like, like Spotify in the past couple of years have signed like multiple big, big shows starting with like, I think it was Joe Rogan was the big, big, uh, big one to kick it all off and then they signed call like, her daddy yeah alexander alexander cooper call her daddy what yeah. was that like a 60 million deal i might be misquoting 60 numbers, million yeah i think so like, yeah yeah for for a big one to come from like barstool but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah what are these uh what are these big deals that are uh, that are in the pipeline and uh not not coming up like i think there's a, a few so i actually didn't know that it was this big of an issue but apparently me, like Megan and Harry, like the royal couple, or what? Well, I guess they're not royal apparently anymore. There's like <laughs> a multi-million pound deal with Spotify, they had a deal? and like in 2020, December 2020, and they did one show, and they haven't done fucking anything the whole. That's year, why I didn't hear about the entire because they have one show. <laughs> Literally did not do anything. And they got paid like millions of dollars. Kim Kardashian was supposed to do one. I mean, she's in the she's in the boiler right now because of that crypto coin. Yo, tell me about that. Really off off script, bro. Like. What was that whole crypto thing that she got caught up in with uh, what's his face? Yeah, who who'd she get caught up with again? Floyd Mayweather. I, Mayweather. Yeah, I, I think they just promoted. I, I didn't dive too deep into it. I just think they promoted something on their IG stories that ended up being a rug pull, and then it, it's 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 like the age old thing with uh, influencers, at least in like the cre- like the more traditional YouTube creator scene, promoting some absolute shit coin uh, because Ooh. they get like a, a bag to do so, and then yeah. turns out that like was a malicious malicious thing the coin gets pumped up like crazy developers and like the team like cash out early and then the coin like gets pulled to and and like basically becomes worthless and a bunch of people lose a shit ton of money because a big influence promoted it so that that's kind of i think that's it to the story i don't know if there's more details i don't think there needs to be more details but it's it's just the the classic rug pull by by a influencer who should probably got six figures for for doing one ig story yeah, so she got a little. She got a little bit of a track record with this, but yo, I think it's interesting because I, I was seeing one theory where, you know, Spotify. If you look at some of their stock, um, their performance on the days that they announce these deals, it does 
like millions, millions and millions and millions. So there was an argument where like their market cap increase from these announcements alone cover the cost of whatever the fucking sponsorship is, which is like has anybody done the math like, on this? <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's a little bit of a stretch because the volatility of that. I don't know if that'll actually like pan yeah. out because that assumes that they retain the value. But like, you know, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of an interesting. It's a sort of out there theory. But yeah, there's like there's a few more like Warner Brothers, DC. You're supposed to like do some shit. So like, it's pretty crazy. Spotify. So, I don't know. So all these deals that they're signing, and then that 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 is a pretty crazy conspiracy theory. That'd be pretty- yeah interesting to dive into but yeah. all these deals getting signed and, and the talent just not showing up like i wonder what happens with this contract like and there must be like protection clauses where it's like if you don't do x amount of hours x amount of shows like you won't be paid, paid out your full deal but this is kind of familiar to some of the there, there are a lot of like twitch slash youtube gaming deals where streamers are deciding to just like stream on different platforms and whatever but they have a certain like hour cap of like hours they need to stream on the platform to hit and if they want to get paid out their full contract. So how does YouTube streaming work? Because is it similar to Twitch? Like I actually don't know how yeah, it's, that it's, works. Um, it, it has different products. I think the roadmap, the product roadmap is a bit behind. It, it's a lot behind Twitch, but they're, they're doing great work. The team is great. And, and they're, they're trying to build a, a really good streaming service. Right. But how these deals work is that they, it's just a one year, two year deal, a multi-million dollar deal for you to exclusively stream on either Twitch or YouTube or Facebook gaming, but no one really cares about them. They're irrelevant. <laughs> um, but these, these two big, well, they, they, in, in their, in their own niches, they, they do anything, but I'll give them yeah, a little yeah, bit of yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, they get like these big talent, like top 0.001% of talent get offered these deals to sign between these two platforms. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain hour cap that they have to hit hours of stream because you can't just like sign a deal and then piece the fuck out for a year and stream yeah, it twice, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Like uh, YouTube brings you over so that your audience can come over so that you're more used to the platform and then you discover other creators, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But these deals are pretty insane, man. And, 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 uh, and like it started off with like the big ninja deal going to Mixer and like the shroud deal, but now like, it kind of scaled down a bit, but it's kind of ramping up again because YouTube's doing a big push. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So do you think with, and I mean, kind of just like a broader question with, with a lot of these creator platforms and things that are coming up, you're seeing sort of like a, like a, a convergence of like, like it's, it's all sort of coming into, you know, from, from three platforms to two platforms. Like now it's pretty much YouTube and Twitch are the the two, two platforms. And a lot of social media is starting to get sort of condensed a little bit. Do you think that like, like what would it take for a new platform, social media platform to emerge? Because I don't know, but I don't know, man, it feels like, would it have to like top TikTok to like be relevant? Like how does a social media platform break into the scene? Because obviously you think back and it's like, well, they always do. There's always one that comes up yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like what does that look like? Because like big tech right now is so condensed. It's so uh, – There's uh, so much uh, – Everybody's just acquiring everyone. Like how yeah. can these new sort of firms actually emerge yeah. if there's so many acquisitions that are happening? In terms of like social, there, there's so much to unpack here, right? And I can dive into like – why I think TikTok did so well. Like timing was a huge one, right? And also like the amount of data they steal from you and like and <laughs> yeah. feedback to no, you. They like, steal the, data the algorithm real, was bro. really, really good, right? Yeah. But there there was like to go off a little bit of a tangent, there's like what the co-founder or like some like high exec, Alex Zhu, like he was the CEO of Musically before it became TikTok and now he's like chief of something like TikTok. He's done like one or two interviews like mm-hmm. ever. And like a 2016 interview when he was still at Musically, he talked about like how he was building musically and 
how he was investing in like the middle class of creators, mm-hmm. how like he wanted to create a platform where it felt like anybody ha- could have a chance to like build a platform, right? Yeah. Not just like you're high up, like big YouTube celebrities, like whatever. It's like, I'll never be them, right? It's like, right. it's like, how can we give everybody a fair chance to build like this middle class of creators where like people are still making living or have some sort of like platform for you to come back and like want to like, do something so it feels like you have a chance, but like not everybody can be the charity limit. It was like whatever, right? right? I really recommend that interview. It's like it's like 2016 Alex Zhu at TechCrunch, tech one of the most like insightful tech CEO interviews into like socials I've ever listened to. Even if you're not into the social, I really recommend that interview. Yeah. But that theme of just investing in your creators and like making sure that they have a platform to succeed mm-hmm. is like the very broad sense in terms of strategy of how to make it as a new social platform, right? Which is why it's like, what this is. that's why you're kind of seeing all these big platforms, right? Like the Spotify's and Apple. I don't know if Apple Music does like exclusive deals, but like so that's why Spotify's forking out so much money to bring, bring in creators to go exclusive because they're investing in the creators because like they know without our creators, without people making music, which is artists, creators, mm-hmm. right? Without people making podcasts, podcasters, right? Creators. Without mm-hmm. them and their IP, we are fucking nothing, yeah. right? There's no reason for Joe Rogan fan, like diehard Joe Rogan fans to be on Spotify. I mean, maybe for music, but like it entices and brings that audience mm-hmm. over so much more. That's why YouTube is like signing these big creators, right? Because creators run their platform, right? Absolutely. They're nothing without their creators, so absolutely freaking pay them so that they'll they'll come to your platform which is why like the whole streaming wars like that that whole narrative it, it's it's the narrative right now right yeah and d- d- creators deserve to get paid yeah because if they, if you don't they'll go to some other platform right it, it, it's so interesting and and i think you're so right with with apple music versus app like spotify it's not even fucking close but yo last week and i guess this is a headline apple recorded record earnings for q4 like record record earnings like let, let me look it up quick. While in real time, I'm going to look it up. What was real time? I think it was like I saw the bounce up. My boy works at Apple. And he was he was he was like it Yo. was insane. Virus, he was looking good. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, year over year, eleven eleven percent higher revenue, dude. They did 124 billion in Q4 of 2021. 124 billion dollars. They are printing cash. That's bigger than like cash cow baby. There's bigger than GDPs of like most countries combined. Like that is fucking insane. What did so, we say last week? Hey, the the GD the top 5 tech companies combined, maybe top 4, top 3 fucking biggest GDP, bro. Un- yeah, in the entire world. Would unfucking believable. Yeah. So they just absolutely like are they they just are printing cash. And so you wonder why aren't they investing in creators and investing in their platforms? I think Apple realizes that like it's just the the return on the cash for them isn't worth it. They'd rather double down on their software, their hardware, their core business, and something like Apple Podcasts, Apple Music is just an extension of their product, but it's not necessarily they they've got so much scale, they've got they're so fucking big that like they don't even need to do that because they just have the you know the people are just naturally going to use their platform. Like I use Apple podcasts. I use Apple music. I don't have Spotify. Like I have Spotify just to check my own shit sometimes (laughs) to see how it's doing there. But other than that, so it's interesting because Spotify kind of has this vertical with podcasts, especially untouched. Like they dropped, you know, I call it a hundred, 150 billion, 150 million cumulatively on, on a talent, maybe probably 200 million with Joe Rogan and everybody on, on probably more now. And, and they've (laughs) absolutely, 
I think they own like 65, 70% of podcasts downloads or something like that. Or, and, and it's, mm. it's insane. So they completely swallowed that up and Apple just let it happen because they're so fucking much bigger that they, they, they don't care. They, yeah. they don't care. Has there been an exclusive Apple deal? Not that I've heard of. No. Oh, oh let, I, the, like, let me look it up, but I, I don't think so, man. Like I the just biggest, genuinely... I mean, the biggest podcast that I, I personally know of in the past couple of years, like Joe Rogan, Caller Daddy, like yeah. all over on Spotify. Those are both big, big deals, and they, they like Spotify announcement team. I, I like, I remember the tweets and like just the social media buildup of that. It, it was great. It was a great yeah. moment. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. That's how you win, man. That's that, that. That's at least like, hey, Apple itself. They might not care about like creators themselves because they don't need to because they they don't make the bulk of the revenue from that. But again, as a creator platform, you got to invest in your creators, right? Uh, that's it, your content right there. That's why people are coming back. Right. Dude, people dude. people come to Spotify for their like like the artists and for like the creators creating shit on it. So. Yeah. And and the culture too, man. The culture absolutely. But speaking of like crazy investments, bro. So I I came across this article with Super Bowl commercials and they are way more expensive. So I mean, hey, listen, this is the one time a year where people are watching for the commercials. I mean, if you're in Canada, you probably want to get a nice stream and watch those funny commercials. But yo, right <laughs> for this year, for uh, this year. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. So this year's average price for a 30 second Super Bowl ad is up 18% and it's six and a half million dollars, dude. Jesus. Six for and a half seconds spot. For 30 seconds. And the thing man. is, like, I think I don't even know, man. Like, I think crypto, you know, crypto.com, crypto.com's, I think they're dropping like a billion dollars like, everywhere. They're everywhere, man. And I think they, they got they, the bag, man. They got the, they got, dude, these, these exchange companies, they make so much money. They're, they're just really good at making money. Exactly. Exactly. They're just really and, good at making money. And, and it's just like, it's literally insane how much money is going into these things. But then you think about like, how much impressions like people are actually watching your commercial like think about it like when you're putting your commercial on and i think uh if you watch you know some of the i think some of the nfl games some of the divisional rounds we're getting like 35 40 million people watching you know you're gonna get those expensive ads for sure but when people are literally watching your commercial like a movie i don't know man might be might be worth the money like honest to god yeah I was watching some of like yesterday's games, and and I know like the Super Bowl commercials can be way better because it's Super Bowl and people come watch commercials. But I was looking at some of those ads like uh, from yesterday. I'm like, yo, these are kind of mid. These yeah. are kind of mid. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Uh, uh, so let's hope the Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl is going to be much better, right? Because people specifically buy those spots. But um, yeah, I wonder what the drastic difference is from like the conference final like spots are. Versus yeah. Super spots. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked to crazy. see that. I would have liked to have, have seen that. But six and a half million for a thirty-second spot. I mean, there's, there's yeah. only because so the many... impressions. The impressions are there, like like in the conference finals, right? Mm-hmm. But like people aren't the culture the isn't yeah. specifically there, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, and you think about all the residual like, the YouTube video that gets watched, all the content that gets you know created around it. I think. I think M&Ms will probably have some sort of uh, – I, I don't know if you saw M&Ms like changed up their mascots or whatever. They, I think they're mm. probably going to have some stuff there. Dude, Im- imagine if you were – like I, the, these super spots are just so expensive, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think any – there's only a select few of like digital creators that like, might be able to afford one. But <laughs> imagine if you're like your YouTuber or whatever and, and, and Yo. you, you, bought, you bought a Super Bowl ad. How much content you can make around that? 
Yeah. Right? It's like you like you getting a watch party for your ad, you streaming on Twitch, like yeah. you watching it with your fans, right? Like you you doing it behind the scenes of like how you shot it. Like that would that would be worth it. Dude, right? who you could knows? also you could who knows? Maybe we'll see some big influencers in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You you might you I don't might, know. You might. But the thing like, is, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about like Logan Paul might get a thing, but then I was like, ah, it's the Pepsi fucking Super Bowl. I don't think Pepsi's gonna allow Logan Paul and any of them, no matter how much money they have, anywhere near those TV rates. But hey, I don't know. Hey, some some brand might sneak their way in there and, and add an influencer in. And if they if the influencer gets rights to like film behind the scenes, that's the real value out of it. Yeah, right? man. Like that's the because because man, you like all the stuff that you do on social leading up to it. Like the spot itself, yeah, it's great. It's cool. Yeah, right? it's the but shit around. There's yourself. so many ways you can milk it. Right, the setup mm-hmm. and all that. And some brands do it well on social. Like some some brands u- utilize Twitter really well. Like they have some funny hashtag. They have some like like whatever. Some follow up to to the ad that yeah. people like on Twitter just talk about. I mean, everybody is on Twitter during big sporting events like Super Bowl, especially the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk about these ads and shit, right? If if there's an ad that's specifically like social targeted, you just milk that so much more, and that's that's the true value you get out of a. Uh, big big spots it's interesting because i always like to think about these kinds of stories and i'm like it reminds me to ask for a good amount of money when i'm dealing with some of these brands because they have so much fucking money when you can drop six to ten you know 15 20 million on a a commercial and your, your marketing department alone is dropping that like i'm thinking okay you know i can ask for you know a decent amount of money like you know i literally into a turbo tax well, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because the deal didn't go through. But um, I didn't sign anything. So they're sponsored. I don't know if you watch. No NDAs. If you guys were watching, no, NDAs man. no NDAs, man. Fuck them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they were they were sponsoring a lot of the games, right? It's the Intuit mm-hmm. TurboTax. Like, I don't know if you saw that. Every single time mm-hmm. the announcers were saying that shit. Imagine how much fucking money that cost for them Dude. to say that. Every single commercial break, it was like the Intuit TurboTax yeah, yeah. to sponsor the NFL. That's the only fucking relevant show on tv right now is the nfl and maybe cnn and like live news but like genuinely like live this sports month at least yeah and no no no. like in general the nfl's like what is the lifeblood of tv right now like if you, it's not even close man nothing else can bring that kind of views and that people concurrently right mm-hmm. a lot of it's segmented now like to get everybody watching at the same time you know whatever and it's just insane that you think about how much cash they just have to just throw at marketing and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You were just a test for them, man. <laughs> you were just I was a just test. a test. I was yeah. just a test. But yeah, no, it, did, it ended up falling through, but it is what it is. It is what it uh, is. That's so funny. Shifting gears, man. So crypto, I kind of just want to talk about crypto quick. So they're talking about crypto entering a winter, which essentially is like a really dark time for crypto investors. <laughs> winter is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they've been, uh, price has been declining for months. At one point uh, last week, Bitcoin was down 50% below its all-time highs for November. So crypto is one of those ones where it's really volatile. You know, back in 2018, plunged 80%. Institutions, you know, the, the thing is with a lot of these markets, man, once it gets more sophisticated, I was talking about this on my live earlier. Once it gets more sophisticated, you get the whales come in. The whales take big positions. And when the whales don't want to be there or they want to like – rotate or go into something else they, they, they leave a hole like and they it, it causes a lot more volatility causes a lot more um shifts in markets too so it's really interesting and i think with so many people being worried about the fed and interest rates and everything like that crypto is like the last thing that they're thinking about and so 
really it's it's going to be interesting to see i don't know if you have you made any moves with crypto at all no honestly i've just been hodling i haven't even if it hasn't dropped if i don't look at it but yeah, yeah no this it is pretty interesting like like the thing that you said about the whole whale stuff too they leave a huge chunk when they leave and and they they boost it up a huge amount too when one whale like hops in with the whole constitution dow thing it only really started taking off when a whale put in like a thousand ETH, and then all the other whales start hopping in. All, all that, really? Right? Eh? So the opposite point of that, when one leaves and another pulls out, it just and it's just it's just a couple people, right? It leaves it's big chunks, big holes in the market. Is that what was happening? Is is that like what you were seeing? I think so. Just people were just generally rotating out of high risk assets into like risk off assets, and just because they're they're getting scared. They're just yeah. getting scared. And this is what happens. Part of when, like incoming recession too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, people, people plunging. you know, spe- speculating on that. I think it's a little premature, uh, you know, but it's it's classic, classic market psychology, classic. So <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. And it'll be interesting to see who's actually around, who's actually hodling, who's actually like in that shit for real. Yeah. But it's it's interesting too. I don't know. If we Did we talk about GameStop or um, not GameStop? Did we talk about Robinhood? Have you seen the stuff that's going on with Robinhood? I all I know is that they're getting destroyed, and that yeah, that people are in my group chats are complaining. But I I, I don't have a position in Robinhood, so I, I have nothing nothing to say against it. But I, I saw the headlines, but I don't have too much context. Yeah, I think honestly, I'm looking today. They're up 11 percent today, so that's that's interesting. But over the past six months, they're down 62 percent. I think since their IPO, like they're down big, big, big. Yeah, they're down. They're down like seventy five, eighty percent. So what's going on there? So essentially, uh, from what I understand, is they had a their IPO. They launched. They ha- they were getting off some good press, but I mean, they were like the most relevant platform in the world because of the stuff that was literally a year ago. The whole GameStop thing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that that was an entire year ago. Good old Ken Griffin. And they got a lot of bad press. Tons of bad press over that for locking down the markets. Whatever because of just a lot of things and they just i don't know they were just they had a couple key things that happened throughout the year that was just steadily getting worse and worse the value prop wasn't really as strong people were starting to exit a lot their the users was, their growth was slowing yeah, the yeah. trust was actually material because you see all the head you see the headlines you see like all these things and you're like okay but like are they actually gonna lose users they started like losing users with fintech companies in general and and you like it's it's crazy for the longest time at least to my knowledge, like in, in America, like Robinhood was like the go-to trading platform, right? Yeah. Now there's a lot of options. There's a lot more options, right? But like number one thing with fintech companies, trust is so big and it's so hard oh, to man. build, right? And it's but it's it takes years and years and years to build. But like one incident, all you gotta take one bad experience, you just lose that trust. And mm-hmm. and like for most, like it's important for all products, all type products, trust. But with money and people, like that's the most important thing. It's, it's insane. And it's yeah. hard to build. Very, very hard to build. So they really crushed their brand because they their fucking name is Robin Hood. And the reason it's Robin Hood is because they're supposed to take from the rich and give to the poor, right? It's supposed to democratize investing. That's their whole thing. And so I think that actually really was was poison for them over the over – 2021 and because they had got so they were so relevant there were so many downloads there was so much hype around them it was it was so hard to live up to that and so it basically got built up they did the ipo it was insane and then they just died off they just weren't as great and they just became sort of irrelevant honestly and now they're worth 
just over 10 billion. Everybody's calling, everybody's saying somebody should come in and scoop them up and just acquire them. And it's just kind of sad to be honest with you, man, because they're, they're also not a fantastic company in the sense that like, they don't have any, you know, for Americans listening, they don't have, to my knowledge, things like Roth IRAs, uh, 401ks, they don't have tax advantaged accounts. It's just all brokerage trading, short-term mentality, a lot of issues with, mm-hmm. you know, p- irresponsible trading, people not really understanding the product, them not doing a good job yeah, of yeah. helping their users understand the product, which is like a fucking, you need to do that with, uh, at least to some degree with something like that. Uh, so yeah. it's really interesting, man. It, what, what do you, th- go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Like with, I, I, I'm not sure if they have Roth, like, I'm not sure if they have Roth IRAs and, and, and like other investment accounts and all that, but at least like I work in fintech, right? The fintech scene mm-hmm. in America is so different from, or like the finance in America is just so different from Canada. Like Canada, like we have a lot more regulation, right? Like it, it's the market is dominated by the big five banks, right? And, mm-hmm. and anytime a challenger tries to come on the market, right? They get either A, obliterated or B, acquired by one of the big five banks, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, while simple, they made it out of the dirt. Congratulations to them. Yeah, but still, yeah. then they're, they're struggling and trying to they're jump into a different market, right? Like they try to jump they into pulled the States. Out of, they pulled they out pull, of the UK. They pulled out of the UK. They pulled out of the States like once or twice, yeah. three times. I think they might try to come back. But like, regardless, <laughs> a, good for them in Canada, right? Like I, I, yeah. I love them a lot. Like I respect yeah. everything that book. But here in America, right? Like, and and just seeing the landscape more, it's kind of a it's kind of a really different, right? Like the market is a lot more fragmented in terms of banks. There's a million banks, man, right? Like, really you got your is, local eh? banks, you, you you got your big like chases, sure, TD, whatever, right? But like you go to some other like random state, like random city, you like there's random banks, yeah. man. And banks itself, bro, they don't offer a, like not all of them offer like a huge suite of products, right? Like some mm-hmm. banks don't offer investing and all that. So there's different holes Are in limited, different sectors, yeah. right? For like, for robo advisors to jump in, right? For like individual stock traders to come in, right? For like high interest savings accounts to jump in, like crypto to jump in. And it's all in like P2P, right? Like in Canada, we have Peer-to-peer, yeah. e-tra- e-transfer, right? Like it just works, right? And it's across all banks and anybody with debit card can just rip that. In America, it's like mm-hmm. you got you got your Cash App, you got your Venmo, you got your your, so your whatever your whatever else, right? Like your Zelle, right? And mm-hmm. and all that. So it's just very, very fragmented. So to come onto the market, right? Like it's the strat, it looks like it's to do one sector really well, like do your mm-hmm. P2P really well, do your like robo-advisor really well. But to mm-hmm. really make it as a fintech company, you, you reach a certain point where you do your, your core product really well. You have to expand on your product offering and hit adjacent markets, right? Hit people mm-hmm. like build products that like matter to other people that, that aren't your core demographic to become like an app that people use or like a product yeah. that people use for banking for like, yeah. like multiple ways One-stop to do shop. money. So mm-hmm. it, it's, I mean, it seems like Robinhood just didn't do that. Right. And with the flurry of other things, like they just lost trust and just started losing users. So it's, it's, it's tough. Exactly. It's a tough market down here. It, it is. It is. And I can imagine it's really tough. And I think one thing that's interesting is there's this one thing I was listening to where it was talking about fintech companies and like sometimes, you know, the companies, the the legacy companies that are around are good enough. Like they do their job good enough. Like a like a like an E Trade, TD Ameritrade, uh, Charles Schwab, like those brokerages mm-hmm. are pretty good. Like come come to find out, when people who use Robinhood then use those platforms, it's not that much of a drop off. There's like no fees. It's like pretty simple, and you can use your Roth IRA. Like it's pretty good. And so the competition is why even down you, here. Fears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like. 
tough to make it. And so for them to, I, I mean, I don't know. Do they turn this around? I don't know. Like they really would have to turn into some like, they'd have to do some crazy shit to like turn this around. But like they look like they're just going to get scooped up. Somebody's going to shred them apart, take their users, whatever, clean them up, maybe integrate them into a new app. And, you know, that'll be all she wrote. Or can Robin Hood pull out a story? I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But another another headline sort of around – so fintech. these companies are really successful around fintech. Buy now, pay later. You guys probably have heard of it. It's essentially when you're going on shopping on your random – getting a T-shirt off an Instagram site or something. No, I'm just kidding. Like literally anything. <laughs> maybe uh, not a T-shirt. See at the bottom, maybe not a T-shirt. I don't fucking know. I there's this one podcast I listen to where the guy buys T-shirts on Imagine you, hilarious. Imagine you buy now, pay later t hey, you, you might be able maybe, to. Maybe, maybe. Installments but, of, of $5. <laughs> well, these these companies like Sezzle and Klarna and all these different things uh, are basically ways to split up your purchase, right? So super easy, seems simple, right? So you got like, let's say it's like a $2.99 order, $299 or whatever. Instead of $2.99, four easy payments, interest-free of – I don't know, fucking 50 bucks or, or I didn't do the math there. I literally just said words. But anyway, it splits up the payments. Like let's say uh, 300, 300 bucks, you know, six payments of 50 bucks, right? Interest-free, no whatever. It seems like a good deal. Why wouldn't I do that, right? Well, there's also fees that are attached to it. There's also a psychology that sort of makes you spend more. Mm-hmm. And you can argue that like, oh, well, what's the difference between that and a credit card? Well, it's, this is different because it really spreads it out a lot more as opposed to a credit card where you like have 21 days essentially to like pay that back. And if you look at some of the data, I mean, some of these companies are boosting average orders by 41%. I mean, uh, another company increasing the average order by 85%. So company uh, merchants love this. They love it because their basket size is increasing with these products, it makes their their yeah. user experience. It just helps it's their a, it's business. It's a no so brainer to integrate that in your shop. No store. fucking brainer. And so you're gonna see Amazon. I think Amazon has some of them integrate. I'm not sure actually, but yeah, like Afterpay as as well, having you know 17 percent increase in shop shopper card volume. You know, many users are basically going into debt over this thing. And if you miss one payment, like. You're you're getting charged crazy fees that would like technically speaking amount to like I don't know fifty a hundred percent annual interest like if oh you were to like amber like spread it out because it so it seems that's like, like it's a high like risk easy. loan that's like a money what's yeah. the, like a payday like payday like payday loans. loan because yeah. then that because shit is like, predatory that that shit yeah, is known it, as predatory think think about it if but you, but, if but you, Klarna and, and all these buy now play laters are just slapping a brand on it <laughs> and yeah. it's just a new way it, to do that. And dude, they reach out to me all the time. They're like, "Hey, you know, we're 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 doing all this financial literacy stuff." I'm like, "I don't think you guys are. Like, you guys are making people spend way more." And I like, I'll talk about credit cards because there's a lot of benefits to credit cards. There's security around them. They're yeah. more established. They're et cetera, et cetera. But like with this, it's like it's a little bit early. I think I think there's a lot of different people getting into this, and it's they're, from, they're basically what slapping see, a new brand. Exactly, on it's beautiful branding. Like I, I I've seen like honestly fintech branding like all around is is great right like like they they all use the same couple design agencies right that the the big dogs that they can afford right the and they they do the redesign and all that it's literally like three or four big like design agencies like in in america that 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 crush uh fintech right um and they, they they just put this branding on like such a predatory, I wouldn't maybe borderline predatory product that that yeah. like, man, it's just making people like people can't afford this shit. Yeah, and and yeah. and it's it's just a way of telling people, hey, maybe you can. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it depends on. 
yeah, it depends how cynical you are because you you can argue that it's like hey, this is making it more accessible, but making consumerism more accessible Fair. is usually not a great <laughs> thing, right? And yeah. so I think it's it's listen if you're responsible, you know whatever. It's the same thing with the credit card, right? Don't get a credit card and go into debt. Don't use buy now, pay later, and go into debt. This I know sounds it like attractive. a great product and a great thing to do while in the bull run. While in the yeah. big fat bull while run. Like, the bull run. I, exactly. I, I can, spend, I can spend, see spend. the correlation here. You know? Yeah. And, it, and it's a really hot market and it's really, uh, you know, uh, starting to continuing to heat up. But I just think it's just a pig with lipstick on it. It's what it looks like to me. You know, you're, you some people are buying $10 thing. Dude, some people are buy now, pay later, $9.99, dude. Pay four easy payments of two fifty. You know what I mean. So the T-shirt now you miss, is real. dude. And oh. if you fucking miss, and if you miss a payment, you're gonna pay like fifteen dollar fee. It's like a hundred and fifty percent interest that day. Like if you were to like put it over the year, like it's like hundreds of like it's crazy. So Jesus. I think it's just people need to wake the fuck up. That's that's what I think. Last story, man. What what do we got here? New York Times acquires Wordle for yeah, low seven man. figures. Do you Talk know what Wordle is? This. Dude, I actually like. I've just been seeing it. What? What is this? Oh is it like man, a you don't know what man? Wordle is. It, it is. What a, is it? It dude? is a daily word game where you have six tries essentially to guess the five letter word of the day. Right. So you like you 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 have six tries. You do your first try right, and then if you get a letter mm-hmm. right in the right spot and in the five letter like thing, then it'll turn green. If you have a right letter but it's in the wrong spot, it'll turn yellow right and then you essentially have six tries to get this word of the day and everybody has the exact same word right Mm -hmm. and how this kind of went viral is that the shareability was very and i mean a the game is fun right and b like they have this feature where once you complete your wordle right you can just click share and then you can post on twitter post on insta or post on like um your group chats like whatever um your results and it shows up in like square emojis right so Throw, maybe throw something up on the screen here, editor, but it's like it's like black box, black box, black box, oh, a green box. And then it's like you got yeah. that letter right in the first try. Cool. And it tells you how many cool, tries. Cool, cool. Anyways, right? New York Times literally hot off the press today announced their own acquisition. So wow. New, like New York Times dropped the article about themselves acquiring this game Wordle for low seven figures. And it's literally this one guy that made it. His name is Josh Wardle, and he named it Wordle, which I think is really funny. And, and he just made a bag off it. And there's millions of players every single day. Like I think, I think it first appeared on a very like ad-free website in October, yeah. and then like it ramped up to like 300k in like the middle of the month or like middle of like January, and then it just exploded onto like like millions of daily users yeah. like yeah. today, right? And and it's insane because it's funny like. It's just a very, very simple word game. And I mean, New York, mm-hmm. it makes sense. New York Times, like, they have a lot of, like, crosswords, like, like word games on their website. But it's funny, like, h- how are they going to back this acquisition? Like, I, like, is it to drive website traffic, right? Is it to drive people to other products on the website? I know that. Speaking anecdotally for myself, I ain't subscribing to New York Times. I'm just trying to play this shit. But what, yeah, if, they, yeah, what yeah. if they put a paywall behind Wordle? What if by the yeah, third guess, I have, oh, to, I have to pay 99 cents to, to continue? What if, blow it up. what if there's ads on the side, right? Like, they might run ads on the side. Like, people, like, Wordle was just super chill sitting on a web page with no ads and it, yeah. it, it was a great experience um some guy actually like got flamed on twitter right because he made the app version of wordle but he just stole this guy's ip right which yeah. which he wasn't yeah. monetizing the, the original developer and yeah. he just ran ads on the app 
right? And people Brutal. just destroyed the fuck out of him, right? He's like, why are you stealing this guy's IP? Why are you running? <laughs> like, even the OG guys yeah, monetized, you, right? Man, yeah. But I yeah, guess, yeah, like, yeah. my guy finally got a payday. So so at least at least that's good, developer-wise. I can sit well with that. But, I like, I hope New York Times doesn't fuck up this game because it's been part of my daily ritual. <laughs> I think it probably got worked into the deal that, like, hey, let's try to maintain the culture. I think that's one thing about, like, acquisitions that, from what I've, like, read and seen is the best acquisitions are ones that like maintain the culture of, of whatever. So like, I remember reading Bob Iger, who was mm-hmm. the CEO of Disney for like 15 years. I think he's the chairman right now. He might come back. Fuck. They, they need him to come back. But he was talking about when they acquired Pixar men. And this was back when Steve jobs was running it. And he was uh, like alive, you know, rest in peace, Steve jobs. All right. Pay my boy. But the biggest thing was that they wanted to maintain Pixar's culture. And so I think if New York times, I mean, they're smart. Obviously, it's fucking New York Times. I think they'll hopefully not put it behind a paywall. I think that would be like they're very. Set. I think that's extreme. I don't think. I don't think the they would do that. Ads, I don't think they do. I it. could see it. I think hot take. I think they got this for a steal. I think they got it for a steal. I think. I think he should have got twenty five million millions of daily active users. I know he came up with it. I know it's not even a business. I know it's just a game. Millions of active users these days, when things are so fragmented, you can't get people to to create this much hype mm-hmm. was the last time there was a fucking app that created this much hype? angry birds that's true like dude it they used to come up this like every week there's a new that. app this is a very basic web page like uh, you can pull the source code you can see how simple it is they, he, this guy just got a list of of freaking all five letter words in the english dictionary slapped it into like like code and then like random randomized it for every single day very I don't even bare care. bones, no frills game, but he like the shareability aspect, the fact that it's viral, the fact that he has so many users made this worth it. And I agree, I think it, it's a steal. But depending on what, like, I like if I were New York Times, man, and I hope they don't do this, I don't want to give them any ideas, but I want to say it anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, if they just slapped like an ad on it on the side, right, or on the mm-hmm. right side, right, a non-intrusive ad, right. There might be a there might be a good percent drop off people that are like what the fuck is ex- experience now but I think a lot of people will still stick around and still play and mm-hmm. the amount that they can monetize off that like just over like a couple of days for multi million users running ads to multi million users every single day have them come back man they'll they'll make that low seven figure acquisition money back quick I think it's interesting because you could argue that you could argue that like what it, when it like you could say the world's just going to die off and then they just dropped millions of dollars for no reason. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. If they're smart, they would do sort of like a slope, like a they don't change anything for like months and they just sustain the growth and they just get the traffic and then maybe they can put in some links, maybe not even ads, just links that can kind of like, you know, like push people towards their uh, and, and drive some articles. traffic and then and then they blend it and articles what i don't know why i couldn't say that but <laughs> some fucking thing and then maybe if they start to integrate it into some ads here and there over time but like sort of like an upward sort of a strategy that like long term that like keeps the growth because i think yeah if they came in slapped ads paywalls like nobody's gonna play this game no one like it'll drop off it'll be a wasted bag that gotta walk off and laugh his face off He's probably just going to go out and make another game and do this all over again, hopefully. But I, I think I think it's if I think it's just that million to yeah. get millions of people to come and play a game that quickly. Low seven figures seems like cheap. To me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad homie me. got a payday because he wasn't making a dime off this game. I'm glad wasn't making a dime. Money, 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 money. 
So there you have it, my friends. Now I'm recording the outro right after the intro, and I'm still going to have to whisper a little bit. So I hope you appreciate it and like the episode. And if you're listening to my voice right now, it means you listen to the whole thing. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we will see you on Monday. I'm delirious. Goodbye, y'all. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace. <laughs>